an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. When the administrator for the facility came to interview him, and this, I think, uh, stunned everybody too, she said, what does Sandra do for you? And he said, she does everything. She said, why do you want to come to us, the facility? And he said, because Sandra's worn out. Mm-hmm. I need to do this. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. It was, that was just an amazing moment. And he was right. Hello, and welcome to Dementia Discussions, the podcast for and about caregivers. If you'd like to share your caregiving story with me, I'd love to hear from you. Please call me and leave a message at 310-362-8232 or send me an email at DementiaDiscussions.net. Today, my guest is Sandra. Sandra is in my support group that I co-facilitate with Monica Moore at UCLA at the Easton Center at UCLA. And Sandra, it's great to have you this morning. Thanks for being here. Okay. Right. So you're here to talk about your husband and you guys have been interesting stories. So that's why I'm so glad you're here. Tell us a little bit about Don. I've never met him. And so paint a picture of your husband. Okay. He was a UCLA professor, retired. I think he spent 36 years there. He had a a hard charging career, not to mention personal life and other passions, Southeast Asia, culture, genealogy, genealogy, genealogy. I mean, I said to him, you were a man on fire. Mm -hmm. So he had full capacity. But coupled with that was, now that we look back, his mother's Alzheimer. Mm -hmm. Coming down the road that he he knew, I mean, we we took care of her care and uh, he knew that. And my stepdaughter recently mentioned somebody else in the family who also had dementia that I didn't know about. So she's already tracking, thinking about herself. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so Don, as brilliant as he was, missed the boat on long-term care, which when I'll give him a pass in that it, it didn't become prevalent or asked till much later. You mean long-term care insurance? Yes, Mm, yes. mm -hmm. which now I think is essential, especially if you're um, family history. Moving forward, the first indication we had was in 2018. He wasn't pinging at all levels, and so we did an interview test at UCLA, and he came up with mild to moderate cognitive impairment. And I was in a group then with Monica. And then he seemed to get better. And I think somebody said he was okay, whatever okay means. So I stepped out of the group. But by 2020, and I'm still clueless, really, he began to show signs. Actually, a little before that, he had a great antipathy toward the cell phone. And self, I can understand everybody when they first came out, like, what's this? How do I learn this? But then it's an essential device. And it was almost bordering on hatred. Uh, A friend of mine who's a counselor said he probably knew 
then that there was something in the learning the cell phone that he didn't feel comfortable with. And they kept talking about, I just want my landline. Well, he seemed like from Mars. That, looking back, I say that was a big clue, a big clue that I missed. In 2020, he was having trouble with a computer. Well, he was a mathematical genius and sitting up, setting up all these programs to do my genealogy, just all these details and that he would plug in. And it was a beautiful job. So he said he needed a new computer. Well, he did. And we went up to Best Buy. It was then I noticed that he couldn't make decisions when the clerk was there and he, and he gave him three options and explained and then said, which one do you want? Oh, oh, oh. He's like a child looking around or, you know. Finally, the clerk left, <laughs> figuring he, he wanted to talk to me alone, but he didn't. Finally, he made his decision. We took it home. We got it loaded up and took it home. And I think he only used it two times. Wow. Yeah. Because he couldn't figure it out. Or he would say, there's something wrong with it. And I said, well, gee, we must have gotten the wrong machine. We should have gotten something else. No, this is all right. And I would say that computer was never used after that. Mm -hmm. So about this time, he wasn't driving. And I, his car was a Chrysler Sebring, <laughs> like a 99 one, but still in good condition. And I talked him into giving it up which he went along with. Not having you don't drive anymore. And his daughter was really watching this one because his mother didn't give it up. She didn't have any accidents, but she could have. Had any accidents? No, mm. no. He was agreeable to selling it, which we did. Took it up to Olympic, a dealer up there that, that bought it. So that, that hurdle, I, I was up to that one, removing the car. And at that and had he gotten lost or had there been any indication no. that nothing? So what was your thought? Why, well, why it, did you want him to stop driving? Because of his met just purely on his forgetfulness his or his indecision. Indecision. And he didn't really need it. Mm -hmm. He didn't really need to. Even today, he'll say, I don't have a car. I said, but you don't need it. And he goes, yeah, because he. Always, always comfortable with me driving him. I said, look, in 2020, I said, well, I'll always drive you. That was a huge hurdle. And I did a good job on that one mm -hmm. without any big arguments or anything. Again, he was agreeable. And as we'll go into, he becomes super agreeable to some other things. <laughs> yeah. So that I, is a huge hurdle, as you hear in group. Yeah. It's so difficult, to, especially in Los Angeles where cars are essential. We're not used to taking public transportation. So it's really, that's, that's really something. So he gave up driving. So now we're in so still about 2020 or so. Yes. And that I kind of slipped into caregiving. I didn't quite realize what was happening. I think that's fairly typical. And then there came a day, well, he started staying home, sitting in a chair for 10 hours a day, watching TV and wouldn't exercise. His doctors threw up their hands. He wouldn't do the minimal. And they gave him all the care 
we had a therapist come and work with him. And at some point I realized, Ooh, I'm a caregiver. I'm it. Mm. <laughs> I think my stepdaughter and her husband, a doctor had already figured it out. I was the last one to get it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'd like to say people, family members, doctors, anybody. Well, not so much doctors. If you want to care, give forever, people will just let you do it. (laughs) (laughs) Related or whatever, they will not interrupt the train. And when that happens, you lose yourself. You've Mm. lost, I I feel. Would it have helped you if along the way someone had labeled it? If someone had said, Sandra, you're caring for your husband, you're considered a caregiver? Yeah, yeah. It would have, mm-hmm. yeah. But I found that most people, friends and family kind of drop away when they, they figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may want to come over once, but uh, not the second time. <laughs> <laughs> when they realize that, that he had trouble with keeping up with the conversation, you mean? Yeah, and that he, that he was having problems, and yeah, you know, was he repeating himself, or what was he doing? Well, he just couldn't catch conversations, and I don't want to say infantile. It wasn't that. It was just that he couldn't keep up. And then later on, he just starts turning and looking at the TV or something, kind of ignoring people. And then the conversation is with you rather than him. Mm-hmm. That was in 2020. By 2021, I'm angry. (laughs) Right. When you realize what's happening here. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. So if if I have any advice, well, I have lots of advice. Number one, realize that, well, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing somebody else in who went through this. She was thinking about putting her husband in a facility. People, family members just seem to assume that her job was to take care of so-and-so forever. And that's quite a gulp. This is your job. You're You're his wife. There was one person in the family, I believe this man's son, who disagreed with it. Well, thank God. And that that she should be thinking about a facility. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that one person. I wish I had earlier. But I began to be very resentful of like, I got a life too. This is not just one person. This is two people. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm going down with him. And and was it um, assumed? Do you think his family, your family, do you think everyone just assumed you would take care of him since you were his wife? Yeah. They, they just assume you're, you're, you're giving up your life for him. And I started pushing back against that. Mm-hmm. And I'm still pushing back against it. How many wow. years have you been married? 29. Oh, long time. Yeah, long time. Mm-hmm. But he's in a different place now, completely different place. And I can't give him what he needs. I mean, when he was here before, he, I'm jumping ahead, but... I did enroll him or put him in a facility, one very close by. Before he moved in, how are things going? Let's say January of 2022, we had, it was about 
10 o'clock in the evening, he was wearing these old, old glasses and he was convinced they were his new glasses. And he said, I don't understand why I can't see <laughs> with these glasses. I explained repeatedly, they were at least 20 years old. He got really angry, scary, angry, yelling. And I left the bedroom and went in the living room and sat down in a chair, thought about it for about 10 minutes and then said, that's it. I am not arguing. I'm not living with somebody who's in a, another reality. Mm -hmm. It's very upsetting when you're dealing with somebody that's not on your planet. That so, you can't rationalize with, that you can't pull out his new glasses and say, here, Don, actually, you'll be able to see with these. Try these on. I did. I mm, did. Of course. Yeah. It and it didn't work. Yeah. Uh -uh. And I thought, okay, I had already been looking into facilities a little bit. But at that point, I got Monica to give me a recommendation and I started working with somebody. And that was just a whole new field. I would encourage everybody to do that just to learn it. What's out there? What's mm -hmm. what you like, what you don't like. I would also encourage people to see if they can afford it. I waited and waited. And then I thought, oh, gosh, am I going to have to sell the house to do this? So then I had to speak to certain people and, and, and get it set up. And yes, we could afford the particular amount, which was 7,500 a month. Like, did it help your mood just starting to look at these places thinking, okay, there are options here? Yeah, it did. At first, it's like frightening. I don't want to spend all this money, but I, we all go through that. Nobody wants to, but it becomes essential. And then you get your priorities. And my, my priority was that it would be nearby that I could visit and that he wouldn't feel dumped. Mm -hmm. well, so I would say, figure out the finances or what you can afford. Look into the facilities. I would also add, get yourself a therapist, mm -hmm. which is not easy right now, believe me, because I staggered through this too. But you need a therapist because a therapist can give you a reality check on what you're going through because we, when we're in it, we tend to minimize maybe, oh, I, oh, I can handle this. I can handle this. And then your third year, well, maybe I can't. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the other thing that I learned was don't ignore your health. Now in group, they always say, take care of yourself, take care of yourself go for a walk. Hell no, get a therapist mm -hmm. and go to your doctor. I, I ignored my annual physical till seven months later. And when they did the blood test, I had about a 10 exclamation marks and hypoglycemic and pre pre-diabetic. I about flipped out that I had ignored my health, even just getting the indicators, but that's what you do. You right. know? And then the pandemic did not, not help at all in getting appointments. But and we hear that in group too. People ignore their health because your husband is your primary is your primary charge, right? Yeah. It's all about his health and his well-being and keeping up on his appointments. And you're not thinking about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I noticed that his daughter kicked in when I the next day after that dark night of the soul in the living room of the glasses. She kicked in with, okay, you're not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. And things kind of changed. 
-hmm. Now, I'm not criticizing her because she has her hands full with her mother and some other things, but she started pulling in when I said, I'm done. However you do it, you at well, in my way was I'm taking care of this. This is the way it's going to be. And she pulled in and mm -hmm. she's been there more, but it's upsetting for her too. I understand that. Sure. Yeah. 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 This is all upsetting. You mentioned some really good things, you like kind of dip your toe in looking at facilities out there. It's interesting, which is a great thing. It's a great tool, right? To see what's out there. Talk to your financial person, see if you can afford this sort of thing. In LA, it's it's crazy expensive, not that expensive in other parts of the country, but just to see what's out there. So you're right. You don't feel the sinking like, oh my God, I'm in this forever. When is this going to end kind of thing? Oh, right. Yeah, I'm sure you had that thought. Yeah, I couldn't leave the house really except for an hour at mm -hmm. a time. And then I installed cameras that I could talk to him on. And I'd say, mm, I need one or one more errand. I'd look at him sitting on the sofa. You're okay. And he'd go, yeah, I'm fine. And that was really helpful. But still, you don't want to leave the house. Mm -hmm. So right. even, even researching the facilities is is good. It gets you thinking in another direction. Had you ever thought about pulling help in the house? Well, it became super expensive. And then as the pandemic moved along, they didn't want to do four-hour shifts. Mm -hmm. They wanted to do eight-hour shifts. They wanted to get a full, full-time living. And some of them were $51 an hour. That's a lot. Wow. That is a lot. Yeah. And mm -hmm. other people complained. They just sat there and looked at their cell phone and watched a movie. And I'm so sure you did try it. You did pull help in. No, I, I had planned to go on a, a very short trip and I had booked one, but then I was flying through Texas. And at that time, Texas was wacko, not wearing masks. And so I canceled it. Mm, I see. Yeah. Now, how was Don about all of this? Here's where the story gets interesting. Yeah. Well, I took him to the facility that, that I liked the best. They had two and you could choose. And he chose the one he liked. He was involved with it. He, he never had any complaints. So the day we were supposed to leave, I in the living room and I'm fiddling with stuff. And I had told him that we want to get there by 1030 so you can meet people and know them, be friendly for lunch. So at about 1015, as I'm fiddling with things, he said to me, can't we go now? <laughs> can't we go now? And I looked at him and I said, well, all right, Don. <laughs> We'll just go now. We won't wait. He goes, oh, good. And he, and he got up and he was so excited to go. And I think it's because he too was bored sitting 10 hours a day there. Mm -hmm. And it was a change. And so we went. And I, he's never had any real complaints as his dementia has moved on. He's now into kind of like espionage. He thinks there's some kind of 
weird stuff going on in the facility and mm -hmm. he's monitoring it but <laughs> he's yeah, on it yeah <laughs> gotta gotta keep track on this hotel and i said what hotel and he said well that's what i call the facility he said last night they called all of us together after dinner and said you need to leave you have to pack up and get out tonight i said well that didn't happen don and he said yes it did and I said, well, so-and-so is in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, are they going to pack up and leave? And none of these people have a suitcase. And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he you can hear you and kind of take that in? Yeah, he did. He did. And then so he had, he said, well, I have to think about this more, you know. Mm -hmm. So he's he's definitely out there, but... Not all the time. He like he likes his room. He likes it because it's his. It's not Sandra and Don. It's mm -hmm. his. Mm. He can't use a remote anymore, but he reads a lot. And he does like to go to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, walk himself. He never hardly walked except to the bathroom at home. And he, I installed a phone, a landline, which I thought would be a waste of time, but it hasn't been because he calls me and we have 20 minute conversations. And on the days I don't see him, he talks to his daughter. All in all, I'm very pleased. However, from my side, I'm left. You say, oh, it has a happy ending. No, the other side is I have to create a new life for myself. Which How is, is that for you? Oh, God, I think it's so draining. Do I keep the house? Do I sell the house? Do I get a roommate? Oh, I can't do any of this until I clear out his stuff. What am I going to do? Which I have done 45 boxes of books and other stuff. I have taken the garage, the house down in two and a half months. I, I think it was an obsession to end myself of this problem, but I did. But I still have not resolved what is I have this sick cat so I can't go anywhere but like emotionally how is it for you yeah how is it to come home that first day and be alone in your house and realize well it's an adjustment it's a total adjustment I didn't it's been two and a half months and it's rather it's unpleasant now I have just looked into getting a housemate and that's very scary. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. That's very scary in that maybe we'll get along. Maybe we won't get along. If we have a lease, if it doesn't work out, how do we get rid of, break it off? And is there like a big sense of loss to like the marriage as I knew it? Is oh no yeah. Longer? I I stopped wearing my wedding ring the, the night of the of the glasses argument. It's just just not there. He mm. doesn't even care. It, it's done. It's over. Now, my job is to keep everything going, the finances, the house. I'm still I'm not a completely independent. I am independent, but I'm not. I'm still searching for a pathway. We weren't joined at the hip when we were born. I mean, I am a separate person. Mm -hmm. And what the next 10 years or so are going to be for me, as somebody says, you need to figure out how you want to live your life. Well, that's what I'm involved with now. All right. Finding a life for yourself. 
outside of being a caregiver. It is interesting that Don took so easily to this place that he, I remember you saying in group that he visited and then he wanted to go back. Yeah. He, he was looking forward to moving in. Right. Now he has reservations, fantasy or not, but basically I think it's better than home. He's more active there. He's more active, phone calls and mentioning people and making friends, not deep friendships, but it's better. Mm-hmm. Things happen there that didn't happen at home. They have activities like they have some exercise, which he likes. To, he doesn't exercise, but he likes to watch it. And then with mm-hmm. this other fellow. Then he told me the other night, he after dinner, he watched on the main TV downstairs an interesting show on wine. Well, wow, that's nice. That's great. So he's with other people, socializing to whatever extent it is, more than you're, you're right. I mean, more than what was happening at home. In the beginning, I started going, since it's so close, I started going quite a bit, like four and five days a week. But I realized I was replicating home care. So I backed off and he's not at all bothered. And when I talked to him on the phone, I'm not coming today because I've got this to do. He's fine. So he doesn't say, oh, I haven't seen you for a few days. Where have you been? No, No. he doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. And does he say, I want to come home? Not once. Not once has he said, when can I come home? Can I go home with you? I know that's a mantra of many people, mm-hmm. but not with him. No, I think it's not interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so interesting. Well, you're a professional, so you know the, how different this is. You know, mm-hmm. for me, like, oh, well, that's just done. But it is unusual, I think, from your standpoint, too. Yeah, absolutely. For him not to look at you or try to pack his things together to go home. When am I going home? You hear it in group, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to go home. Yeah. And great, really. So great. Such a relief that he's made this transition there. He's getting care. He's he's socializing with the other residents, activities, to whatever extent. You're right. More than what was happening at home. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think you shouldn't run away from or avoid looking into facilities. And uh, my best advice is find one close to you, as Mm -hmm. close as you can. Mm -hmm. I know other people have distant ones, but this is what works for us. Just to make it accessible, convenient. You can run over there when you need to. Exactly. When you want to, yeah, drop stuff off. I don't have to worry about traffic. Right. And you can pick them up for appointments. Yeah. It's easy going to do that next Tuesday. This is the first time he will have been out and go up to UCLA. His doctor wants to see him about his medication. So that's good. And for you now, it's kind of starting a new chapter, I guess. Totally. Oh, this is interesting. That site, a housemate, a roommate site, Silver Nest. Then I looked at the other one, Spare Room. Well, I was looking for somebody, a mature woman, I want you, everybody, silver nest, silver, gray hair was started out for seniors, but now it's been inundated with younger people. I could only find three people, including myself, who was, quote, mature uh, Mm -hmm. listed on that site. It is very hard to find somebody in your own age group. I did find someone that I'm interviewing tomorrow. 
And she said she had lived uh, five years by herself and now wanted to live with somebody. Well, I understand that. It gets lonely. And something chilling I noticed on the TV last night, CNN or one of them said, they expect in the fall that there will be a hundred million COVID cases, fall, winter. Oh man, that's like lockdown again. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I really would like to have somebody here rather than choose wisely. Yeah. If you're both going to be there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Fall and winter. Who would have imagined that after 29 years of marriage, this is what you were going to come to, right? A roommate situation. Yeah. Well, I always thought if one of us died or he died first, or I would get a roommate. But I didn't think under the, uh, certainly not under these circumstances, but it was, uh, the clues were always there. We just didn't pay attention to it. So common, right? Yeah. In hindsight, yeah, what was coming down the road. Don has been, it seems like pretty easy in terms of driving, talking with him, you can accept the glasses. Accept the glasses, yes. <laughs> but otherwise, you you didn't have a lot of episodes like that. No, just two or three at the most. The mm-hmm. glasses being the big one, the one that tipped me over. Mm-hmm. I think I was waiting for that, and then when it happened, I was ready. Yeah, you were you were doing your homework, trying to figure out. Well, as I said in the group, I wanted to flip this. Like he, every he was in control. It was all about him. What he wanted, he wanted, and I needed to flip it, make put me in control, making the the decisions, put some uh, parameters around him that he couldn't do this, he couldn't do that, that he needed to be somewhere else, and that I needed it too. And he could hear that that you needed it. And he was okay with that. When the administrator for the facility came to interview him, and this, I think, uh, stunned everybody too. She said, what does Sandra do for you? And he said, she does everything. She said, why do you want to come to us, the facility? And he said, because Sandra's worn out. Mm -hmm. I need to do this. Whoa, whoa. It was, that was just an amazing moment. And he was right. He could see it. Yes. Yeah, he could see it. He could see that you were overwhelmed. You were exhausted. You were unhappy. Yeah, it was like, as everybody knows, in, who's in this circle, it's 24 hours. You go to bed, you don't sleep well. And you Next thing you know, you're up and taking care of them. It just goes on and on and on. Somebody said to me, I can't believe the time I spend thinking about my husband. Right. All the time. Mm -hmm. So much that you lose yourself. You lose yourself. You said it. Mm. It's difficult in going through all his papers and box loads of things. It's very difficult taking down somebody's life, upsetting, like, ooh, I, I don't want to do this. But it has to be done. Mm-hmm. That's a shocker, too. Right. Was it sad for you? Yeah, his high school yearbook, many other things, his dissertation, a box of papers, big box of papers he wrote. I mean, this is his whole professional life. And it's like, 
in the dumpster, which which isn't already on the web. I mean, but who's going to read it? No, yeah, I have um, coin collections, stamp collections that I have to go through, and I think I'll probably have to dump them or sell them. Well, I have one on the canal zone. You wouldn't believe what you have to do to prep it for sale. Mm. I don't, and this is not my passion. Mm-hmm. It was his passion. But you're right. Like going through someone else's life and figuring out what to do with it. Right. And yeah. his daughter's been very helpful. I said, you want this? You want no? Yes, I want that. And so we've been able to pull it together and organize things prior to his passing. And that's been a gift, I think, for both of us. But it's something I never expected to do while somebody was living. <laughs> you never expected expect to do this after he died. Yeah. But here he is living right down the street. That is an odd sensation, isn't it? Like an yeah. odd thing to go through. Yeah. You're, you're, you're dealing, trashing somebody's life. Now, I'm a big recycler, and I, I took the specialty books to specialty places. So, that, And I've told them that. The only thing I forgot to mention here, and I don't know if it has any bearing on dementia, but he had OCD, too. He had a hoarding aspect. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if that coalesces. And I forgot to mention that he did have a stroke, a mini stroke, in December of uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. She took him down a little more. Maybe it made him more pliable for 2022 and going to the facility. So that's a diagnosis of vascular dementia? Yes. You said? Mm-hmm. He had heart condition also, mm-hmm. which vascular keys into. Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. Maybe that did play a role in his being so agreeable. Yeah, hard to know. But it sounds like major decisions, driving, moving. He went along with. Yeah. Like he said, he was only uh, argumentative a few times. Mm-hmm. I remember his mother, she had Alzheimer. We explained that she was in Los Angeles and she had been in Mendocino. And she said quite irately, I am not in Los Angeles. <laughs> 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 Just so sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't argue with that. Maybe in a way he re, uh, he remembered dealing with his mother that made him a little more pliable too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he'd been mm-hmm. there before. And maybe in his mind, he thought, I'm not going to be like my mother. Maybe. So looking back, is there anything you would have done differently? Well, I would have uh, moved on the facility at least a year before because I think he would have gotten more out of it. Really? Yes, I would have because slipping going down downhill now. So he's only been in there three months. He could have been in there 13 months. Maybe it would have stretched him a little bit. I did it in 2022, March 1 this year. I should have done it like March of 2021. But mm-hmm. I didn't think I could, I didn't understand the finances. I didn't, I wasn't in the group. I didn't know that I could get referrals for facilities. So much I didn't know. Because I was doing 24 hours a day, grocery shopping, cooking, cleaning, the whole bit. So I didn't have time to really do the research that I needed. But if I'd done it earlier, I would have. And I'm sure he would have gone. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
So that's interesting. He would have moved him a year earlier. Yeah. I so he could have gotten the benefit out of being there. Exactly. Anything else that you think about? Well, again, groups say, take care of yourself. They need to be more specific on what those options are. And to say, take a long walk. Well, yes, that's a little teeny band-aid. I think we need to give people more definitive choices. So to say to people, go to your doctor's Doctor, appointments. Get a therapist, research what's going on. There's at least seven steps there that can make them realize that they have choices mm-hmm. for themselves and for their partners. Okay, really good advice for us professionals. Thank you for that. So is there anything good that's come out of this? You talked a little bit about you and his daughter kind of coming together during this process. Have there been other things that that come to mind? Well, really, I have one word written here, facility. Mm, mm -hmm. That is the silver lining. God help me if they weren't there. God help me if these caregivers that are earning their living and researching and helping the families. It's, It's an immense help that people can avail themselves of and they should Mm -hmm. and they should at least look into it exactly right because it is something you can put in the toolbox so you don't feel so resentful so weighted down like this is the only option in life right now and and no end in sight everybody feels that way i hear it in the group i see it i see their faces unless you go through this, you can never understand the stress. And uh, it's really awful when family members just assume this is your lot in life, that there are no other options. They don't come around that much. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. So I really think, you know, that old expression, get a life. Yeah, get a life. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do that very thing myself. And well, you gave Don a, more of a life. I did. I did. Something to be said for that. It's the best possible outcome right now. Not yet for me, but moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. But certainly for him. Yeah. You did a good thing. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And it shows on you. It really does. You are, you're much calmer. <laughs> your mood, your outlook. I, I wanted to get rid of anger. And you have, yeah, it's clear. Yeah, because that's so destructive personally. And it wasn't toward him, but it was just anger at the friggin' situation, which we all feel. Good for you for knowing yourself, for knowing your limitations. Right. Yeah. Well put, well said. Yeah, and it's okay. It's okay. No, you're not, not a failure. You're, you're human. You have your own needs and you're aware of them. I got my stepdaughter's attention when I said no more. Mm -hmm. Is she okay with this? Is she okay visiting her dad? Yeah. I I had to do it. She's Mm -hmm. not going to do it. I mean, they'll let you caregive forever. (laughs) Right. Unless you say something. Right. Until you draw the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which you did. And it's not like you walked out. You made a really good decision. You made a plan and you move forward with the plan. 
Yes. And she did not, she wasn't, although she followed various readings and, and websites on dementia, she wasn't in a serious group like UCLA has, and there are many others. And it might have, I found that her advice was all about keeping the status quo. And that mm-hmm. didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Like what it, how it appeared on the outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that you're you're going to take care of him because you're his wife. Well, maybe. <laughs> right. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I I factor in here, so it's not a given. So all of her advice was to say it rather crudely, how to suck it up. I didn't want that, and uh, well, that's fine. That's how she's dealing with it, but it, it just didn't work for me. Right, and that's okay. I'm sure a lot of People would like right things to just go on the status quo, but that's why they have facilities. That's why they have caregivers. That's why they have these options. Exactly. You don't have to suck it up. Yeah. Imagine if you, it would be horrible if you stuck in there resentful and angry. Oh, I'm thinking of people in the group who have shared from the deepest parts of their heart, you know, their frustration. Mm-hmm. You did the right thing for you. Everyone has their own journey, their own path. This was the right path for Sandra. It's a good outcome, as you said, for everyone. Other people have approached me on the side, out of, outside of the group, and said I, I made a difference in their life that I just didn't suck it up, <laughs> that I stumbled around till I found something that worked better for both of us. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd had a therapist two years ago. Okay. I would have probably gotten to this. The facility in 2021, as I said, it, with mm-hmm. a therapist to, and the group, and the, I probably would have gotten here sooner. Well, don't don't beat yourself up too bad. You you got around to it pretty quickly, so you're good. All right, thank. Yeah, you're good, Sandra. It's so great to see you this morning. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for your work also. Oh, of course. Happy to be here for you. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of Dementia Discussions. If you're a caregiver or know someone who's a caregiver that would like to be a guest on the show, please call me at 310-362-8232 or go to DementiaDiscussions.net forward slash contact and let me know. I would love to have you. Remember that you can follow Dementia Discussions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it would mean a lot if you would leave me a review. For any other information about this podcast, please visit me at DementiaDiscussions.net. And please share this podcast with someone you know if you think it may help. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you here again next time on Dementia Discussions.